relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Never, it's never going to get old to me. That is the best theme song I've ever heard. I'm so happy to be... You're listening to Grown Local. This is Billy Wayne Davis. That was Ron Funches. Just taking you home, like getting you in that mood to be like, I'm ready to learn about cannabis. That's what this, this whole podcast is about, is teaching people to love and appreciate cannabis. I'm Billy Wayne Davis. I'm a stand-up comedian, and we haven't come up with a better term than cannabis connoisseur because pothead sounds negative and stoner's just a, not it's not good either because they're not the way i appreciate it and love it uh let me introduce you to my co-host he is in my opinion and not just my opinion a lot of people's opinion uh, a world-class cannabis grower all organic it's just he has a gift i'll be honest he's an artist if you want to mike mcgowan Mike, how you doing today? I'm living the dream. That's all we can ask for. I don't, I don't know how to react sometimes to the, the cannabis grower, organic. He's awesome. I, I, I grow things. I'm a humble farmer. That's what I do. That's, you don't have to be humble. I mean, it is nice that you're humble. That I, I mean, and I'll be honest, like, if you were a dick, and I've met a lot of dicks that grow weed... Like, they're not fun. It's not no. fun. And then that's part of your charm is you explain these heady things to me, a dum-dum in a way that I'm like, oh, I kind of know what you're talking about now, which is well, always nice. Well, I'm pretty dumb, so I had to dumb it down for me to understand it. So then that makes it easy for me to explain it to other dum-dums. So that's where it goes. So even in that answer, you're humble. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Who are okay? Explain who we're talking to today, because Oof. I know them. I was there, but I don't know. I them remember like that. I remember yeah. that. Um, these two people, quite possibly, some of the pinnacle of nice guys. You talk about asshole growers. I've had to stand next to so many of them at award things and different things, and just nod along and be like, "I can't wait to get the fuck away from them." These two dudes are usually the guys who I would run to. I would run to them. This is Jim and Adam. They'd be at the back of the room just hanging out. These guys are the most down-to-earth loving people that I think I've ever met in my life. Adam I've known for quite some time. I first met him at the grow shop when I was working at the grow shop. Uh, he would come in regularly and just give the sweetest, nicest hugs. No, like that's the, can I can attest to that because, yeah, he he comes. He's got a lot of confidence, which show which throws you off a little bit. Mm. And then when he gives the hug, you're like, oh, that wasn't ex that's a different hug than I knew was coming. Oh. And yeah, then it good, it good call. It has like the sweet musk of like a sweaty farmer, but also smelling like some dank fucking weed. So you're like, oh, this is so good. I like all of this. I'd be, I'll be honest, I think he hugged you longer than he hugged me. 
because I just smell. I, I did smell the cannabis. I missed the musk. So, but next time I will. I'll just hold him a little longer and be like, "Ah, oh, Mike's right. You got farmer's musk." It's once you nuzzle your head into the long hair and the big beard, that's where you get the real nice rip of the farmer musk. That's where it's hidden at. Good to know. So, I'll explain what we're doing with this episode because we're kind of breaking it into two. Because Jim, Jim is like he's got some sexy, dangerous stories. All the great Adam, stories. He's got some wild stories, but. Adam really gets into some detail about the state of cannabis as a whole and then how CBD works. And it just goes, he, I just think his episode should be first. And you can explain kind of like how it works and stuff like, like, cause there's a couple things I don't know what he's talking about. And I think that you're going to have to explain before we even get into Adam. Uh, okay. First of all, explain. I already know because I've done this and I asked the same question and I'm just saying it because my ego or I already know about this. As I said, I was like, <laughs> I'm switching that. I don't even have to say that. Just play the dumb guy. I'm the dummy. So explain what the entourage effect is because they're going to hear about that and in a way that if they don't understand it, he says it in passing a bunch. But explain to a dumb dumb what the entourage effect so basically, the entourage effect is breaking all the stereotypes that we've ever understood of weed before. Uh, back in the day, it's like, oh, sativa, that makes you goofy happy. Oh, indica, that makes you ooh, locked on the couch, knocked out. And through science, through finally being able to study this amazing plant, we're starting to understand so much more about it that... Number one, THC isn't the only cannabinoid. For a very long time, all we ever cared about was THC. And we're finally getting past that and we're looking into all the different cannabinoids that this wonderful plant has to offer. And then we also are able to see how they work in conjunction together. See, I think that's the most important thing is that's why science has helped us see where this is going and why different corporations can't really take it away from the plant because you can extract THC, you can extract CBD, you can extract, you know, CBG and all these different cannabinoids, but with the way they work together, that's where the best effects towards your body will come from. And we're also looking into terps. The terps are just the that's different That's short for terpene. That is short for terpenes. Terpenes, right, yeah. terpenes are not just cannabis. They're everywhere. I've seen carrot terps, and that's literally just the aroma smells that come off of it. But so all the different that's smells. That's what from, a terpene is, is just yep. the smell that comes off a plant. Yes, it comes off of a plant. Um, there, there is many different terpenes that you'll find in cannabis. Um, that's why when I'm telling people to go out and buy cannabis, what you should do is shop with your nose. That's why it really sucks that in LA and other places, you know, you can't really smell the cannabis before you buy it. When you well, right now, and usually in LA you can, but right now because of quarantine, you can't. I will give LA that, that, that is the, that is one, like in Washington state, you can't, that's mm -mm. bothers me. To no end. 
It's it's horrifically bad. Anytime you're shopping for cannabis, you should be shopping by your nose because what you smell, what makes you feel good is what's ultimately going to be the best high. It's going to be what your body wants, the different terpenes that it wants. And, uh, you know, that's the way to pick the strain that you want. So what you're saying is the way to find the right weed is to smell it. If it smells good, to, that's why if if I have two strains sitting in front of me, I'm going to love one and my buddy's going to love the other. And I'll be like, that smells terrible. And he's like, no, that smells great. Exactly. And I mean, that's sort of what, you know, Adam then goes in talking about is, you know, prescribing specifically based upon different terpenes and different cannabinoids based upon what your body actually needs and is wanting. Um, you know, I think that the more we understand it, the better we'll be able to figure out what we actually want. But until then, just go with your fucking nose. That's fascinating to me because, I mean, you even mentioned one you and when you're explaining the entourage effect and I kind of understand. I want to explain it back in in uh, in a dummies way, which is basically our bodies have these receptors that have been there forever that are already set up to receive these cannabinoids, the things that do stuff to our body. Yep. And that's why they're diff that's why different strains do different things to different people. And we're I mean, just now and we're just now because of legalization starting to figure out what these different cannabinoids actually do and actually can and can't do. And for the longest time it was just like they found THC and they're like that's the bad thing, make it illegal. I mean it was insane to me that uh thc was the thing that was illegal and all of a sudden now let's sell cbd across the entire country one of the most high times i've ever gotten in my life is by cbd rso i took a huge fucking massive chunk of cbd rso and what is was, rso RSO is Rick Simpson oil. It's an ethanol oh. extraction of different cannabinoids. You can do that with THC. You can do it with CBD. But I took I mean, a it huge. Like, it's like tarry, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. There's different I ways to perfect it and to purge it so that it doesn't look that bad. But I took a huge hit of a CBD RSO that's just straight CBD. It was massive. And I was feeling good, feeling all right off of that. You know, nothing too crazy. But then I smoked some THC weed, which then the companion effect kicked in. And it's the highest I've ever gotten off of cannabis before. In the most fun cool. way. In the most fun way because it was CBD. So I was just like, oh, this is straight body. This is all body right now for me. That's. I'm a little upset that you've never told me about that before. I gotta keep I'm some tricks honest. in the po in the pocket. I understand. I understand. I understand. You're still. I, you have so many more tricks than I understand. So. But the getting stoned like that—that that bothers me. You've never told me about that. And then so, plus, the next time you come up here, I can just get you really higher than you were even high the last time you were up here. So, I dare you. I don't think you can. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll try it. Uh, so tell the people. Like, uh, what, 
they what they're about to hear. I mean, one of my favorite parts of this interview is Adam gets so passionate about what he's talking about, and he's so knowledgeable that I drop like three or four jokes in there that he just and I'm sitting right next to him that he misses completely. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done because I'm like, I love this guy. I was like, because one of the, a couple of those things I said were really funny. A couple of them are fine. You know what I mean? He's right to talk over a couple of them. But a couple of them, I was like, he loves, he loves CBD a lot. People pay for this comedy. Why are you jumping off of this? Yeah, what are you doing, dickhead? Uh, But, so, tell us their names. Tell us where they can find them. Uh, so Adam's the most amazing man. If you think that you had a long conversation with tons of passion about CBD, uh, that's nothing compared to the conversations we had at my grow shop talking for three hours and just being educated by a sincerely brilliant, passionate and loving man. I mean, as you guys are about to hear, he is just filled with love and is probably one of the most down-to-earth people in this industry who knows his shit who can be loving and then at the same time be breaking down the actual engineering science of cannabis and then jim jim's a wonderful person i met through adam who is just another teddy bear of love but can also turn a dime on you and be like, hey, man, this is the respect that you're going to have to give me, and I demand it from you, which is, those are my people. Those are the people that I enjoy, you know, and both of these guys have been in cannabis before it was on Dateline or before it was the next billion-dollar industry, so these are people that you should be respecting and, you know, making sure you hear the knowledge well they, they were taking risk before there was money real money to be made in and i and i don't mean like thousands of like black market money i mean like changing industry money they were exactly. fighting this fight so this stuff could happen so immediately when they start talking i was like oh i've got crazy respect for like what these people have been doing for just so i could smoke great weed like there's yeah. an appreciation there for me because that's that's like where I was looking at. And then when Adam starts talking about the medical side and what he's trying to do with it, it it, it moved me in a way that I didn't expect to happen doing this podcast. And I think that's why we want to start off with Adam's interview first to let people know like what this industry is truly about and what you I mean it just kind of defines Eugene because it's. He's a world-class, whatever he is, what you would call it, botanist, I don't know, geneticist. But he's also this salt-of-the-earth farmer, and that's what fucking Eugene is. It's the top of the top and then the salt of the earth at the same time, which is not, you don't see that combination a lot. Well, and I mean, as you'll hear in the conversation, you know, we referenced in the pilot just about the beautiful bubble that Eugene is, how you can sit here and smoke weed for the rest of your life, enjoy yourself, love life around you. And this dude is still fighting to change laws in other states 
Like, he could just be chilling here in Eugene for the rest of his life, but he's like, no, the little beautiful part of Eugene, I want that for everybody in America, and he's fighting to change laws in Alabama and other places. Like, I don't see another thing that could be more dope than that in life. Say the man's name. I love you, Adam. Give it up for Adam. Jockeys! I get my ass kicked with it in the CBD industry, right? Because like I I'm, I'm 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 the CBD guy, and uh, this is what I've done for as long as CBD's been a thing. Like pre Gupta, pre Charlotte's Web, pre all this shit. This is what I've done. It's what I've based my whole fucking career around is making CBD based medications for the masses, and like n nobody has the CBD knowledge like i don't know anyone that like yeah. or like even close to the genetic library i have or like the work i've put into it and then like shit like hemp works comes out or like you know it's like the fucking tupperware of fucking cbd and i had some lady on fucking facebook who was selling for fucking hemp works telling me what the shit's about and i'm I don't go around tooting my horn all that fucking much, but I'm like, lady, do you know who I fucking am? Like, I have an idea about I, I what I'm talking it. about and just get disrespected by these fucking people. And it's like, we did three it days. hurts. <laughs> and, yeah. and more than that, Frank's gift right. is very special, close to your heart. That strain was grown with blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, can you tell our audience about Frank's gift and the story behind that? Well, that was with Frank, right? Mm -hmm. So Frank isn't with us anymore. Frank passed. But uh, he was having fucking cancer, right? You know, and he had he had cancer. And he was getting medicine from some people, and they were doing their best. And But it just, he was getting wasted from it, right? You know, just taking THC and oil all day, like 1,000 milligram days, you know, yeah. hard life. He wanted to live life, you know, and... Uh, you know, at that point, we're sourcing CBD genetics. We're figuring stuff out. And we found this ratio at three to one of skunk haze. Um, the original genetics or it came from uh, like the Mr. Nice crew. Um, um, it's CBD crew, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah CBD crew. And uh, so we're pheno hunting through all this, doing breeding projects with it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, no, not at all. And so, you know, at that time, we were looking to create an oil product for him that he could take, that uh, he could still fucking exist during the day, right? Not just be out of his fucking mind. And so we uh, started growing this uh, Frank's Gift Strain, right? And uh, got it tested three times. And it was just like crazy high, right? It was like 24% CBD, 8% THC, a really nice fucking three to one that like worked fucking perfect. So we just started, we just started plowing him full of all this oil. And, uh, you know, he went into remission with his cancer. And so that became kind of like a beacon in Eugene of like these people are doing medical work. So when we opened up our store, if you remember, like mm -hmm. there was no stores, right? We yeah. were a private club. We were one of two in town. It was us and the greener side. And uh, we were just a private club where really sick people just, it was like moth to a flame. Like we started getting people from all around the country. And so like we're developing out our different genetics and stuff. And 
And Frank wanted to help people the way we helped him. And so, you know, at that point, I had been doing medical for a while. Um, and I was just, I was working with different organizations and just giving a lot of stuff away for free. And this is back when like FICO was the thing and like, and helping all these people. And Frank wanted to help people the same way we helped him. So he just dumped money, um, and support and love into what it was we're doing. And that's when we built the Oregon Microgrowers Guild way back when. And, uh, because of him, I was able to achieve where I'm at now and what I've been able to do now. You know, everybody has an idea of something amazing that they want to do, but it's hard to get somebody to believe in you and love you enough to give you that opportunity to really make a big change. And he did that for me. And it was a gift that I can never repay. And it's it, it was the most amazing thing somebody's ever done for me. He believed in me, you know, and my whole life. You know, you just wait for somebody to believe in you and love you that much to like put put their shit on the line because they believe in what you're doing. And it changed the whole fucking game. You know, it changed the whole CBD game. And then, you know, like there's so many patients I can't talk about because they don't want me to, you know, like kind of higher profile people. They don't want their name associated with weed. That's fine. But then like, you know, a little bit down the road there when we're like putting out like the first like high CBD strains. And then uh, Lenny Young, Amy's mom gets a hold of me and brings Lenny out and we start oil with her. And she went from hundreds of seizures a day down to like none. And the, you know, she's, she's tracking the progress online, letting everybody, cause she came from Alabama in Alabama. They told her um, where her daughter was at with the, literally hundreds of seizures a day and the medicine wasn't working. The doctor's recommendation was to withhold nutrition. So withholding nutrition is a very nice way of saying starve your child to death. Yes. And they weren't having it. So they brought her out here to me. She found me through the kind of like clandestine network we had back in the day, you know, and it's like, you know, my name was kind of like Kaiser Soze back then. It was just like, this guy exists. Like you go find him. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, she went down to like zero seizures. And since she's been here with us, and it's been years now, God, it's been a while. It's been she a long t- time. doesn't really have any. She has mm-hmm. them every now and again. And the Republican dominated fucking political system there in Alabama saw that, right? They saw what was happening. And this representative named Mike Ball uh, came to us. And uh, so now we have a new law in Alabama that protects anybody there. That's a patient against uh, criminal charges for having cannabis oil. It's called Lenny's law yep. and it's based off of that shit. And so that's back in the day, like, you know, email fights with Jeff sessions and shit. Like, like he has my email address. <laughs> that's the time he came out and he said that nobody, people that use weed aren't good people. Like that's directed at me. Let's be clear. Me and people like me. That's like, awesome. Well, yeah. That's a, well, that's you a, say that. Try, <laughs> no, no. Try flying. With yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I'm on, on lists, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like a laptop. <clears throat> that happened. Yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Sell, HP wouldn't sell me a laptop because of who I am. But anyways. Um, <laughs> That's what you get. I know. What an asshole. You got to buy an apple, man. What an asshole. I mean, and, you know, not to get too sentimental or anything, but seeing the pictures of her before and after and how much 
just physically and love and everything she has changed you can see that and i do see it as frank continuing on through different people and stuff like that that's why so many of the genetics are still frank's this or frank's that like i'm not gonna let it die as long as i'm alive and i've got plenty of people willing to pick up the torch when i do like i'm just not going to let that feeling that's what the fucking oregon medical marijuana program was about that right there that that's the good side of it. We can talk about the bad side mm-hmm. all day and stacking cards and making money. <laughs> Why'd you look at me? And uh, I mean, we can talk about that, <laughs> but like because of the Oregon medical marijuana program, I was able to do things like that without being worried about going to prison for the rest of my life. Just trying to help people like we didn't, we didn't charge people for this shit. You know, we were giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fucking free meds a year, you know? And, uh, it made a difference. It changed public perception. It made the wheels start moving. So like, you know, that because of Frank, these things happened. I would just be another fucking guy trying to do stuff. You know, maybe I would get lucky some other way, but I would have never had these opportunities to do what I do and to go and teach and educate and to do all of this genetic research and development I do now. And like all of the work that I do now, like that's impossible without Frank. And you know, it's, it's, he's, he's the homie for life, right? You know, he's the friend when Frank was passing, you know, they, they knew, you know, he just had hours left and just get in the fucking car, go to his house and just fucking held his hand until it was, you know, that's, that's the kind of relationship we had, you know, fucking ride or die fucking homie for life. And, uh, Anytime I'm somewhere and like thinking about how good my life is, that's when I just fucking give thanks for the man for existing, you know? And like on top of that, now we got Elton too, you know, we lost Elton was our oil guy. He was in with gray wolf back in the day, developing some of like the original fucking hydrocarbon extraction Mm -hmm. systems and like making oil for us. And he was a part of the guild. Right. You know, we lost him too. Beautiful guy. Great big smile. God, such a good guy. What do you mean? I'm sorry to ask. I know you guys. What do you mean? What was he on the forefront of like just extracting? So back in the day, like there wasn't like Gray Wolf is the guy, right? Like oh, that's he's the guy? guy that first developed like closed loop hydrocarbon fucking extraction systems like VHF. Yeah. yeah. That we were blasting the pipes. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. We yeah. Bo- they were bombs. Um, yeah. he was songs okay. and PVC piping. I did the PVC. Ask, yeah, yeah, ask yeah. any OG extractor. They know who that guy is. Gray like, Wolf. He's the guy. And Elton was helping like develop systems and like working with like, this is like backlog. You're building stuff out of pieces and parts and like making it work. And what years? What is 2012 ish in that ballpark. Yeah, like Raid is like closed loop systems started coming on the market. So that's like 12, 13, right? Like five, six, seven, eight years ago, whatever. I forget what year it is now. But yeah, uh, Elton went hard on the extraction stuff. I was actually the guy that taught Elton how to extract, believe it or not. (laughs) Uh, Before any of this, like we're sitting on my fucking back porch with a tube and some Blackberry Kush and we're firing cans through it into a fucking Pyrex dish, right? You know, and... uh, Back when we called it... And he's like, this seems really dangerous. And I'm like, oh, it is. (laughs) You know, like, this is a super bad (laughs) idea. And so so he was the guy that's like, we need to change this. Like, and he did all the research and stuff. 
Damn. Miss miss those guys. So he was this this guy was on the forefront of just like it went from you guys doing some some dumb stoner shit on the back porch to him being like, Oh, I can figure this out. And then he went yeah, on he was to super like super mechanically inclined, right? You know, Harley rider, mechanic, shit like that. He just understood how that shit went together and worked, you know. Yeah. It was above it, it was a bit above my head, let's be honest. Like I could learn it if I wanted to, but like I didn't have the time or the it was his thing. He you had know? no plans. He was like, What you guys are doing, just blasting the shit through PBC and just I used glass. Bong. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> but that, uh, my cousin who was part of Philadelphia. He gave me the first glass when that we actually shot through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he knew. Well, you, you know, Elton knew what more mechanical. Universe. I mean, how dare you reclaim your solvents? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is all like pre that, yeah. you know, and now like there's a whole industry built around people making these huge extractors. And like, they don't know who fucking Grey Wolf or fucking Elton Prince is, you know? Luckily, we still have, like, the Propane Janes and, like, the Murphy Murrays and mm-hmm. people like that that are out there, like, giving knowledge. Like, you know Murphy? She's awesome. She's, she's a good Oh, you do? She's cool. Um, but they, like, give respect to the people like Grey Wolf and shit. Like, I think, you know, we come from this place of building this industry and, like, like what I've done for cbd is like a lot like i've I blood sweat and tears my whole life like it's what i do and uh none of any it work for me. sure what would you say to that personal purpose cannabis is not a one-size-fits-all kind of fucking thing um even when somebody asks me for a recommendation for a certain condition i need to tell them i have this amount of you know the amount of work I've done with patients is extensive and people's bodies are different. People react to things differently. And when granny goes out and buys the CBD isolate off the shelf and it doesn't work for her, no shit. It didn't work for you. It's fucking bullshit. Like there's no, there's no cannabinoids, flavonoids, other cannabinoids in there. You're just using a CBD isolate. <laughs> it has about a 30% effectiveness rate on seizures, right? And that's like what CBD is supposed to fucking target. Like, it's not good. Um, but even, you know, if somebody's like, I- I've got this issue, I'll say, you know, this percentage of people, these kind of things seem to work really well. But have you ever heard of in- individualized cannabinoid therapies? So that's me. So I'm the one that started individualized cannabinoid therapies. And the idea is, is that you work with a patient one-on-one and change the levels of terpenes, change the types of terpenes, change the cannabinoid concentrations, change change these different things until you can dial in a medication to that per- person's specific needs, starts working great for them, and then have the ability to adapt that and dial it in as their body starts to get used to it. You know, you can turn it up or turn it down or, or do whatever you want, but... It it's not I can't just make ten thousand bottles of a tincture and be like this works for everyone because it's not it's not going to work for everyone. Medicine works. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) not how Texaco. Right. Yeah. Right. At the Seven Eleven, you know, just buy it off the counter. It's great. So some of the best medicine in the world. You can get. You know what product should I buy? What can I use? And it's like, well, you know, I like literally people will get a hold of me and ask me like from Cali, like what tincture should I pick up? And I'll go look at the lists in their local dispensary. And I'm like, nah, none of this. And I'm like, here's what you do. 
I want you to go buy a gram of this oil. I want you to go buy a gram of this oil. I want you to go buy a gram of this oil. I want you to use this much coconut oil. Melt it on your stove. Mix these three grams of oil into it. Mix it up. Draw it into syringes. Take this much a day. Like that's that's the better way to have it work for patients and in individualized cannabinoid therapies. It's like if I have a test of oil, I know what terpenes are in it. I know what cannabinoids are in it. We can develop medicine using that. But like in the CBD market, oh, this has 5,000 milligrams of CBD and it means nothing. What else is in there? Like, what are what are we doing here? Because that's not medicine. It's fucking snake oil. It's bullshit. And so, you know, like, yeah, it it, it needs to be done like pain management. That's probably the broadest one, right? You can have 90% success rate with fucking pain management with a high fucking strain and what, like beta mercine. And like, it's going to work for a lot of people. It's reducing inflammation. It's doing all the things, hitting all the points you want. But then even like, and I'm going to break this down into simple terms without getting too scientific. Like, is it a super sleepy strain or a super jacked up <laughs> strain? Right? Because like I can go out and get you a strain that's high in beta mercy and it's going to crack you out and you're just going to be anxious and fucking maybe irritated. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this doesn't work for me, man. It just freaks me out. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, <clears throat> well, why don't you try this? Like, this is more, no, you know. Up. But, <laughs> but when you're buying these tinctures off the shelf, they're not telling you any of that information. It's just, it's got no, this much THC tenders, for know. Well, THC is just one part of it, man. Go drink a bottle of absinthe and then go drink a bottle of vodka and then go drink a bottle of tequila. And I guarantee you're going to have three unique experiences, right? And that's way... I can say yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and that's way lower on the fucking spectrum than like cannabis is. It's so much more complex what's happening in there. And to say that... I, I had a track do it and they're going to fail and they're going to tell our friends another word i i had this guy and he he runs he runs olympic track and he had went into a store in springfield and this was like medical dispensary days and he said i'm really sore i need something to relax my muscles i have pain in my back blah 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 you know what they fucking give him they give him a 300 milligram cookie and say eat this Mm. takes it home ends up in the hospital because mm -hmm. he's freaking out yeah, so bad he thought he was dying <laughs> thought he was dying yeah. said weed does not work for me and then he heard about us and cbd so he came in and he's like you know i tried thc it doesn't work for me well what did you take well the girl at the shop gave me this 300 milligram cookie and i'm like what the fuck are you taking that for <laughs> like if i ate that i would think i was dying like that's a terrible idea it's fun <laughs> here let's let's try this five milligram dosage and comes back in two weeks later i need all you got i'm going on the road he's like it's perfect it works great well yeah like <laughs> don't listen to the 20 well that's nothing like, against 22 year old girls at all don't listen to the 22 year old girl are. behind the counter that's like this will fuck you up yeah. like yeah it yeah. will fuck you up if you like, drink well, all the cough medicine it fucks you up too yeah it does robo yeah. tripping bro yeah no i learned that yeah that's how, that's how you <laughs> we had to converse we went to a cbd convention in portland and like it was supposed to be for all these products and kiwi and i are walking down the whole day we're just eating everything that people put in front of us Tips, cbd <laughs> blah, blah, blah. get in the elevator he pushes a button and i'm like and a lot of time went by. And I went, have we have we moved? And he went, I don't, I don't know. He went, oh, my God, we're high. <laughs> like, and all of a sudden, so one of that group had hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like this cumulative entourage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they just screaming in the elevator. <laughs> and the door is open, and we're just like trying to act like it's normal. <laughs> 
So even in doing something for Frank and for different things, like you're carrying that through you in this industry, trying to do good things, trying to make money, but trying to do good things. What ways have people tried to take advantage of that? Like even like in the idea of like, you're just a farmer trying to do something good. And then these people come in with money and try to fuck you over. God, that's just yeah. right here, bro. Yeah. Right here. Um, I saw it on his eyes, too, before he asked it. <clears throat> so brands have been built off of my reputation and who I am. Yes. Um, with a lot of people, it's just all about... I, I don't want to go too deep into For it. Sure. I don't. But a lot of people, it's all about money. And they see me as a a quicker route to getting money. And so while Adam's already figured all this out and done all the work, why don't we just come in, buy up everything he's about, and then we'll sell that idea. And I won't put my name on anything or I won't support anything unless it is up to the standards of what I think is something people could call medicine. Um, and so a lot of people found out really quick that I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm not the guy to, I'm not going to put my stamp on your bag. Like, it's not how this works. I'll do some consulting gigs for grows and stuff. Like, I do a lot of that. I'll go around and build grows and help people source genetics and, like, get them started and stuff. And, like, that's fine. Like, I'll do that. But when it comes to, like, working with people and doing projects with people, it's, they never want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And why would you listen to me? Right. Like, obviously, I suck at this. So that's why you got a hold of me. But I, I, I'm very strict nowadays about playing by my own rules, man. Like, I'm not. Well, for me, they're all out there looking to take advantage. Right. Yeah. And whatever they can get from you, whatever blood they can squeeze out of that rock, they're going to. And I'm also not the guy that's super worried about making a ton of money. And they are. So it's a conflict of interest a lot of times and the things that we do and the way that we do things. And so as far as the grow game goes, man, I'm pretty much out. Like I don't really grow a lot anymore. I'll grow some personal and that's, that's about it. I do genetic research and development now. So I've got a whole testing lab at my disposal and I go through genetics day in, day out. Hundreds of genetics run through my machine a day. I'm doing marker assisted breeding and I'm just compiling catalogs of fucking crazy shit like the stuff i'm working on now i can't talk about openly but understand that the game has changed and i am coming up with combinations of cannabinoids spiking out cannabinoids that people don't even talk about and are super fucking good let's 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 just be like basic like cbc like high cbc strains they're neurodegenerative protectorants. They help reverse. They've been shown to reverse Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS. How fucking important is this? Does it get you high? No, but it's super fucking super important. Who gives a so fuck? I'm spiking those out. CBDVA, spiking that out. THCVA, spiking that out. And we're not talking about 2%. We're talking about 12, 14%, you know? Uh, CBG, low-hanging fruit, but, you know, 16% that. Um, it's just... C what was it? CBG. CBG. Yeah. That's like the impressions. CBG of the is cannabinoid. World. So you have CBGVA and you have CBGA. So on the CBGA sign, that dumps into like every cannabinoid you see in a fucking pot shop: THCA, CBDA, 
CBC, CBL, CBT, fucking all those things. Telemundo. Um, <laughs> correct. Right. Um, so it's like the raw version of that. People are like, oh, it's the next big thing. Everybody wants it. And it's actually selling for a pretty good price right now, yeah. like the isolate. It's, it's the Sudafed of isolate. But it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's just he's over here dropping bombs every now and then. he's not wrong i know he's not that's he's what i'm saying wrong. he's just like bam you forgot yeah, i was here the fed. Yeah. yeah um i'm not a huge pusher of the cbg i don't i think there's so much more valuable cannabinoids out there i mean i got the genetic if you want it right like and that's why i have it in my catalog is because so many people want it and it's like well here it is have fun um, but really a lot of the work I do now is, is sourcing genetics from all over the world, um, running them through my machine, doing F1 breeding projects with them to get myself more seed to look at, running them through my machine, seeing what kind of types exist in those places. I, I can say that when you're looking at land race strains from around the world, you find type one, two, and three in every land race that it's, it's all the same. It's not like it's THC growing here and CBD growing here. It's pretty much universal that you find all three types in these varieties. And when you start going through these kind of like untouched genetics, you start finding spikes in places where spikes shouldn't be. So you're running all of the known cannabinoid standards, right? And then all of a sudden you fucking spike out here. Well, what is that? Nobody, literally nobody knows. And so we're doing um, um, sponsored research agreements with uh, Shimatsu Laboratories, uh, University of Arlington, Texas. They have one of the seven Shimatsu like uh, research and development labs in the world. And so we work with them and we're back engineering the things, recreating them in the molecules, figuring out what they are and creating standards for, for the new things in cannabis. Um, so when you start hearing about new cannabinoids, new terpenes, new flavonoids, like we're some of the people that are doing that research and that data collection and all of those are coming from genetics that, that I made. So it's a, uh, it's a really fucking humbling dude, like super fucking humbling, but I, that's the future of, of cannabis medicine, right? <laughs> You're we doing know, all that. We know cannabis like works, right? <laughs> we know it works. Yeah. The question is Why? Why does it work? And once we have that figured out, then things like individualized cannabinoid therapies and cannabis is actual medicine. It's a lot easier to make those products and figure out, well, this is going to work for 80% of people or 90% of the people, but without having a full understanding of exactly why it works, like it's I'm just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks with that person and whatever sticks, let's bump that up and whatever falls off, let's cut that out. And it seems to work. Where are... Where's like the American Medical Association and shit? Do they bother you about this stuff or like the CDC and FDA? I work within the Oregon Medical Marijuana Program. So anybody that I help out with anything along those lines has to have an Oregon Medical Marijuana card. That gives me protection. Got you. I have been um, approached by pharmaceutical companies, and I have been approached by large uh, agronomics companies um, to work with them on things. I don't like the way they do business. Yeah, I think I it's for profit and not for people. So I won't work with them at the fucking dismay of my bank account right like mm -hmm. <laughs> i would rather work with people that are doing it for the love of people and for the love of the plant so i avoid 
all of that noise as much as I can. The last thing I want to do is get tied up with the federal government on anything. So, you know, back in the days that we were talking about, <laughs> like that's a that's a whole different thing, right? Like we were playing a different game back yeah. then. Now I'm 100% legal with everything yeah, oh I yeah. do. The yeah. last thing I want to do is give anybody a reason to come after me. Yeah. You know, would defeat and, the whole thing. Yeah. Everything you do, I, I would lose. Go on. And I'm not going to lose. Um, I'm going to help people. I'm going to do what I promised Frank I would do. And that's that's what we're going to fucking do. Like, that's it. Cannabis is way more important than people getting stoned. Way more important. Yeah. And we're going to prove that using fucking solid science. And the people that are going to say it's not true, there's lots of people that deny science. That's fine. Like, Flat Earth. I, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm going to give everybody, I'm, we're and it's not like I'm the only person doing this. There's other people doing this. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do, and I, I don't want to speak on things, and I don't want to make broad, overgeneralized statements. I I want to be sure of what I'm saying, and the only way we can do that is through research and development and testing, like real research and development <laughs> and testing, not inflated numbers from a cannabis testing lab because you need to sell a pound, right? Like really what? looking at they would do that. No, not at all. <laughs> No labs have ever done that ever in the history of labs. But <laughs> yeah. not with money involved. No. <laughs> no. 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 So so THC, you know, can test out at 42% in a plant. Mm -hmm. It's floating around Eastern Oregon. It's, it happens all the time. You didn't see that? Melissa's surprise was so it? so what, I mean the so, so I mean let's Melissa's just round it up to 50 because yeah. why not? We're already at 42. <laughs> yeah. So the well, plant material is THC and the anymore. stem is THC and mm -hmm. the wax and the lipids are THC and all the other cannabinoids are THC and the terpenes are THC mm -hmm. and like maybe you're there maybe you're and now so, I never had chicken pox <laughs> <laughs> uh, cannabinoid numbers are I trust my lab equipment and my lab guy because I'm like be as harsh as you can I have seen weed in the store grown by the homies before, and it has a ridiculous number on it. I'll buy it and I'll fucking test it. Like, I'll be like, yes. no, just because I want to talk shit. So, <laughs> now, our, our man, high times, I love that. When we judged the high times in Oregon, yeah. we ran everything. Oh, yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that? How was that? You slang? can't fuck with nerds. But, but what I want to say. so funny. But, but what I want to say is that on those tests, I've seen 34 come through our lab. Wow. It's a thing, and I trust that test. I tested it multiple different times, and it was right there. You just wanted me to be wrong. You're like, it, it you're, was, like uh, <laughs> you're like Bobcat Goldthwait in the movie Blow yeah. when he's like 96, oh, 97. Yeah. Where the fuck did you get this? <laughs> yeah. So yes, it, it's absolutely possible. Yeah. But I mean, dude, not it's, every not everything's at 30 percent. Well, it's not about that. Get yourself some Blue City Diesel that tests at 14% and smoke that shit and enjoy the moon because it's fantastic. But it's 14% and don't give... What's your highest testing OG? Fine. That's not how that works. <laughs> oh. uh, one of the guys that works with, you know, we had a strain when we were being, uh, you know, mostly ran by the investors who came in and was his favorite strain to smoke, tested out at 15%. And they made us get rid of it. And like you were saying with the cannabinoids, that was his favorite strain. So I'm yeah. seeing from last year, like I, we've been talking about this forever to people, like smoke ratio, like you guys need to smoke, lower percentage doesn't. Then this last summer's outdoor, with all the cross-contamination of him, people had to smoke 
you know, CBD was, they had to smoke 14%. You know, it was there. And like, I keep hearing that. I was like, that, that could have got me that messed up. You guys want to get high as shit? Yes. I got Acapulco no. Gold and Panama Red from back in the day at home. Test like 8%. Holy I do. shit, does that <laughs> fuck you up? I got Acapulco Gold in, in an Alaska, and it's the best weed I've ever smoked. And it tests so low, but holy shit, is the high story. Do you really have it? Yeah. <sighs> I don't think you, he has everything. I yeah. know, but I just got excited because it's the best weed I've ever smoked. I think I took a picture of it yesterday. When I walked in... When I walked in, I'm like, that's it. That's the real thing. Oh, it's the real thing. It sucks. It's the ugliest, angriest plant. Oh, it's so mad about and it's everything. it's like Cleopatra from the Adams Family, because it's like a, what, a 23-weeker. <laughs> it like goes... <laughs> it just, it just goes... Oh, that's how it grows. Weird. Like complete dog shit. <laughs> but it smokes great, right? No, sure. it's bad. Fuck, it gets you high as shit. That's all I care about. <laughs> the is cop, it gets like, high as fuck here's, here's what it is when you smoke it. You're in trouble. The police are outside your house. It's that paranoia, right? Yeah. Oh. The police are here. I'm your getting arrested knows. right now. Your neighbor knows. Yeah. Oh, Every, no. Everybody knows. Oh. <laughs> I had to stop smoking when I lived in New York there, City because the is. shit I was getting made me paranoid. Whew. <laughs> yeah, so we popped a bunch of Hawaiian seeds. Uh, you this you know year. that look. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no training that mess without a net. <laughs> we popped a bunch of Hawaiian seeds this year and we couldn't keep anything because like one of it just smelled like straight BO. Like so, so I literally day. have a strain coming out called sour BO and it smells like fucking Taco Bell and armpits and I think it's the greatest thing. <sighs> that was back. my thing is I love the smell, <laughs> but our facility everything's the latest nine to ten weeks and this was like going to be a fourteen week strain. And yeah. I was just like, can't do it well i try to explain that to people like why aren't these like what i would call an end game sativa like why isn't these major sativas in the shelf and i'm like the market's not educated and they're like well what do you mean and i'm like are you willing to pay two to three times as much for that sativa well no it's all weed i can get this weed for 50 dollars an ounce well <laughs> i'll fucking i'll grow you acapulco gold or panama red but it's going to take me 18 weeks like i can get two and a half harvests mm -hmm. done during that time so where's the financial benefit for me to grow this for you when i'm going to make the same off of a pound if not less because it's going to look kind of beastie let's be honest like where's what's yeah. the benefit of me growing it even offloading like, that is going to be a chore yeah no they, and then and it's just the same because idea. i'm going to charge you forty five hundred dollars a pound yeah. for it if yeah. i have to grow it you gotta find that i'm going to interrupt guy. for the layman here you guys are talking about like these strains like these these old strains they're they're going away because there's no money in, in... recreational cannabis so equi costs, equatorial yeah. sativas would be the word like yeah. things that are closer to the equator where it's kind of a constant 12 12 light cycle yeah um those plants tend to have a lot more time to bloom mm -hmm. um they grow more viney um, generally in the places where you're going to find these plants, they're battling with other vegetation. So they're going to grow long viney arms so they can find the sun. Like a jungle. They have, mm. yes. And they have all the time in the world to fucking bloom. And so, you know, you go get some tie strains, dude, you find some 20 weekers. So 20 weeks to bloom it. Whereas I can bloom out Obama cushion, my room in seven weeks, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get the same price per pound off of either. So I've put so much more time, effort, electricity, money, 
into and it could all go wrong. Into, oh, yeah. Yeah, it could absolutely it could go wrong it's in week 18. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I'm still understand. not getting anything extra for it. So there's no finance, no there's no smart reason to grow that strain. Mm -hmm. Unless consumers yeah. understand that if you want to come in and buy a gram of this 20 week sativa, it's going to cost 30 bucks. And that's you where like one of us would be like, if somebody would do that, they could do that. Yeah. It's no, like the same like, idea as like 20 year whiskey. Right. Something right. that's been aged way longer, wine or something like that. Yeah. But will the will the market so, go to people, that? Will they pay it? Well, I'm. I, well, I think what I'm saying is like, is do you think the market will eventually be educated enough to be like, like, like drinking? Like they know, like mezcal costs right. that much because yes, they have to be, chop that thing down. There will be the, the guard of cannabis that comes out and has no issue growing that strain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there will be connoisseurs out there that will pay the money for it. Yes. And I think that exists now. It's just on such a small level that there's not much meat on the bone. Mm -hmm. I don't care what a gram of weed costs. When I go into a store, I don't care. Like, I'm going to look at what you have. And if it's a $20, like, I'll go to, like, Oregon's Finest, right? And they're like, oh, this one's pretty. I don't give a fuck how much it is. Let me see it. Okay. It's fucking killer. I have no problem paying $15 a gram for it. Mm -hmm. But that's me. I am not. I, I'm not rich, but I'm not poor. I can afford it. I don't smoke a ton of weed, so it's not like I'm going through an ounce a week or anything. I can afford to have a nicer quality of weed. Some people smoke constantly, and they want a $50 ounce. Like, it's all over the place. But at the but same time, I tell those, those guys, like, if you buy our weed, you're going to get – it works out, so why not enjoy it? Like, you're going to get – you're not going to use as much of mine. You're going to go blow through that ounce. You can buy an eighth of mine, and it lasts just as long, get you just as high over that period of time. Yeah, but people aren't going to see they don't that. Get, they're not there yet. No. That's why I was saying they're not there yet. That's yeah. what I'm curious. Like, yeah. like, Do you know that in the two years I've been running, I running dispensaries and going around, I started like asking people. I talk to customers a lot because I want to know what they want. You yeah. Know? And like, they have an inherent idea that all cannabis is organic because it's weed. <laughs> That blew my mind. I'm still marinating on it. Like it's all really? magic. It's all natural. It's all Dude, natural. Well, <laughs> okay. It's perception. But uh, people also think that most of their food is organic too. It's a little different. They just think it's magic. Like it's just because it's weed. And we and we they see it all of us. And there's this whole culture around it. And like so, we're doing some European projects now. And to have organic weed in Germany, you can't even use lights. What? Lights can't use them. It's not organic. It's a it's an input that's not natural. It's not an organic input. It's Ooh. a light. Can't can't grow with lights and still be organic there. That's Love it. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Love it. Grow in a greenhouse with no lights then. I think you'd still grow fucking it. heads, you yeah. know? Like just don't grow it outside, but me and outdoor weed don't get along. I think it's fine for blasting. But the day I walked out in my field and I saw a dead half a frog on one of my plants that a bird dropped, and there's like blood It'll soaking wash. into the nug. There's <laughs> bugs <laughs> stuck, bugs right and yeast and fucking <laughs> all this shit stuck to my plants. Other people can smoke it. They like the terroir. I get it. Like, that's fine. It's just not for me. I don't like smoking <laughs> it because I've, I've seen it, you know, like You've gross shit gets on that weed. Just, made. just throw it in a greenhouse. Just do, just do that, so birds don't drop half dead frogs in your fucking weed. <laughs> they don't do that to food or anything either. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great point. Let me let me throw this back at you. What can you do with produce? I can wash it. What can you not do with weed? 
I wash mine every time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been high in a long time. <laughs> That's the difference, though, right? Yeah, like, no, I mean, I understand what you you're saying. You got a strawberry yeah. covered in fucking shit, you can wash it off. You got a nug covered in fucking shit, and you take it to the sink to scrub it off, and you ain't got a nug no more. Nah, like, you just can't do it. Unless you're Jorge Cervantes, and you just keep I a fucking... I was not going to say it. You just got a bucket of Jorge hydrogen peroxide. Jorge a lot of dark places back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> The man was out there before anybody. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that wash tech is bullshit. You got to get that wash tech down. Hurting <laughs> people, dude. I really enjoy this. Thank you very much. Yeah, I love you. Wow. I love you. I need to get some of that stuff. We yeah, I do too. That was so that was like two for twenty. No deals, bro. And that was our first interview with Adam Jacquez. Now, if you're like me, you still got a couple of questions. Like one of the one of the things I'm wondering, let's say that there's a lot of people out there listening that don't where it's not legal or like they can't go to a shop, even if it is legal, they have to get a whatever. How do they know the C B D they're getting is quality? Like, what's good and what's garbage? What's snake oil and what's actually going to help them? How do they know the difference? And, I mean, that's a tough question, especially when it comes to capitalism. Um, you have to look into the companies that you're buying from, trying to get an idea of who they are. You know, is CBD from a gas station going to cure your cancer? Maybe not. But well, if you take you know, a bunch? And just take as much as you can possibly do. Okay. But I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, you know, canned vegetables are better than no vegetables at all sometimes. But I think what we really want people to understand and to be about is, you know, Billy doesn't have to be legally culpable for this, but I'm telling people who are listening in this in states that it's not legal. Grow your own fucking cannabis. Do it illegal if you have to. Uh, throw some hemp and CBD plants, you know, somewhere. Hide it. Do it, whatever, because this is a life-changing plant that could save your life. So just grow it yourself. Do it yourself. If you're too afraid to do now, that. I'm not going to tell you to do that, but I'm not going to tell you not to do that. How about that? <laughs> But if you're too afraid and it's too much and you got kids and the life and everything, you know, just try and get some good quality CBD, you know, maybe hit up a friend who lives in Oregon or California and they'll mail it to you. Who knows how that goes? But Mike, God, you got to, we got to get a paywall. So at least you're getting paid for the stuff that's going to get you thrown in jail. I don't know the laws. I don't know what you're telling people. Uh, the only other question, that, those are good answers. The only other question I have is, can my terpene, like, taste change from day to day? Kind of like how, like, uh, I've had biscuits and gravy every day for three days. I'm tired of this. Like, does that change too? Absolutely. I mean, it is 
especially for people who have the ability to have as many different varieties as they want in legal states. You know, you can be really enjoying one terpene one day and another terpene a different day. You know, you may have your favorite terpenes that usually resonate with you. But I think the most exciting thing about cannabis is most strains have several different terpenes going on at the same time. And every time breeding happens, those terpenes are mixed up again. And maybe now this strain has different terpenes combinations than anything we've seen before and i mean that's why people like adam they're just taking different strains crossing them back and forth and it's coming out and seeing like okay well what different terpene combinations do we have now what different cannabinoid combinations do we have now and you can go out and sample it all and see what fits for you i mean how long has it been that since makes, we no that makes sense like because you can do that with a plant you shouldn't you couldn't island of dr moreau it with animals like that but that's fun that we can do that with cannabis and make medicine out of it so that did answer my question and you went like you normally do you went way deeper than i even needed you to go and i had to stop you um which is wonderful and if anyone else has any more questions that we didn't cover or you're just unclear about uh you can find us i'm at billy wayne davis on twitter and instagram we have an Instagram called Grown Local Pod. You can find us there. Mike has two terrible Twitter and Instagram handles. Tell Carmichael them, Mike. a lot. Carmichael a lot with a K, and then sometimes <sighs> it's not a K, and then sometimes the A and the L are inverted. But you- no, stop. <laughs> God, just look on the thing. I'll put it on there, and you just click on it. Also, if you just hit subscribe right now, if you like this rate it if you don't like it leave and don't say a fucking word about it but guys thank you so much for tuning in this has been grown local episode two because i guess i don't know how we're gonna fucking count these but you guys have been awesome i'm billy wayne davis i'm mike mcgowan stay out of jail everybody